0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex.
2: I'm Justin.
0: I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comics that we really like, usually. Or rather, since comics aren't coming out, we're talking about some of our favorite (laughs) comics From yesteryear Specifically ones that have been voted on And chosen by you on Twitter Uh, After each episode we put up a vote On Twitter at Comic Book Live We've asked you guys from uh, Titles you've suggested uh, From some beloved comics Some little known comics uh, And ultimately we're reading through those And it's been a lot of fun And this week's episode is all about A volume that was One of the first books that we really Hardcore went for I think On the show Yes. Which is Scott Pilgrim, Volume 1, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life by Brian Lee O'Malley. Now, we're just going to talk about the first volume, at least at first. But I do think we could talk about subsequent volumes, the influence of the series, the movie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but broad strokes... Reading this book again before we get into the plot specifically or anything, what was your takeaway coming back and seeing this book again after we first read it? And just to mention, it first came out in two thousand four, so it's been a while at this point.
2: Yeah, it's been quite a quite a long time, and it, it actually it aged it has aged pretty well. Um, that's great. Uh, I, I was worried it was going to feel very old, uh, but it, it feels i think the movie has sort of filled in the gap a little bit for a lot of this and rereading it i have just i just watched like the first half of the movie and it's so seamlessly the same for most of this whole volume
0: yeah pete what about you what was your takeaway from coming back to scott pilgrim once again
3: uh, i just I love the humor of it. I love uh uh the style, the art. It's a fun tone. It's a great world to get kind of sucked back into um and um as for us, like I remember we got to go see a special screening before the movie came out, and we saw oh yeah, and we saw an edited version where he ends up with knives. And uh, I still, to this day, think that's a better version of the one <laughs> that, that uh, made it to the movie.
0: Well, you're definitely jumping ahead to the end there. We should also mention... You're that damn we, right I am. we, uh,
3: we also, call me old jumps. We had Brian
0: Lee O'Malley. He came on our live show at one point. Yep, yeah, I don't think that exists anymore, because I think that was pre-when we were doing podcasts. I went back and took a look, and I couldn't yeah. find it anywhere, which is a real bummer. Um, but... Here's the broad strokes of the book. What are you broad- talking
3: about? The alternate editing with knives? What? No, oh. we're not oh, talking sorry. about that.
0: No, I'm talking about Brian or Leo Malley coming to our live show in New York and being a guest on our show. Pete. Okay the real thing that happened to us, not the imaginary thing that happened in a movie. Uh, So uh, Scott Pilgrim focuses on a kid. He lives in Canada. Uh, His name is Scott Pilgrim. He is 23 years old, and he's dating a 17-year-old named Knives Chow. And the brilliant thing about the book, which I still really enjoyed even in this reading, even to the fact that I've read this book a bunch of times, though not for a couple of years, is it slowly opens up what's going on in this world, where at first you think, okay, I'm kind of reading like an Americanized romance manga, maybe. And that's what's going on. And it's about this layabout kid who's in a bad named Sex bob Maybe he's a little nerdy. Uh, Sex bob And he likes... This girl dives, uh, but about not even halfway through, I want to say a quarter of the way through, he starts dreaming about this girl named Ramona Flowers, and he keeps seeing her in her mind. And it gets weirder and weirder until she very casually reveals when he orders a package from her that she was traveling through the subspace highways in his mind which is kind of like the first very weird detail. And then at that point, the book takes a turn where it turns out that we're almost in a video game world where Scott can fight people and they leave coins. He needs to fight her seven evil ex-boyfriends in order to date Ramona flowers. And so while he's dealing with all of these things, like his pretty good, but not great band. His uh, 17-year-old girlfriend, Knives, who he has never kissed and really only held hands with, uh, and Ramona, who he seems to be truly in love with and has already screwed things up with by the end of the volume a little bit. How is this going to go forward? How is this going to develop? Uh, So that's the broad strokes of the plot. This is great. Like I think the thing that I was responding to And maybe this is what you hit on too, Justin is the bits still work. Like it's still funny beyond anything else.
2: It's still funny. It's, and it's such a great mashup of, Uh, like an era in like when in the back matter of this first volume, he talks a lot about like how this like sort of was sat in his brain a long time um, before he actually wrote it down. And I feel like you can, you can sense that because it's such the references are so specific, like referencing um, a lot of manga tropes, uh, referencing um, like the coins thing. I think he's referencing river city ransom, that game, the old Nintendo game where when you beat the beat someone, they turn into coins. Um,
3: yeah but that's that's also like you know a video game kind of bit like the, you know you get coins yeah. from like Sonic Super Mario there's a Sonic lot of coins. Is rings
0: if you beat if, if Sonic, Sonic beats somebody up, he gives okay, you rings Okay all right
3: whatever which whatever. is i wish what my girlfriend
2: would give to me Yeah rings wow. rings You want to be married more I want to be <laughs> extra married married a bunch of times like Sonic <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like so the the all the the mashing up of all these different things and sort of creating a story out of this material in with, while the story isn't referential, it's just like a great romance uh, story, and while still being super funny, I think is it's such a great mashup of things, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Pete, we're there the, the sub the, the sub the subspace thing is so weird. In the yes. rereading of this, I was like, this is weird.
0: It's it's funny rereading it again knowing what is going on going in because I really can remember that moment when I was reading the book because I read I, – I don't remember whether we read it for the show or just I was reading it because it looked interesting or I would heard some buzz about it. But, like, I didn't know anything about the book going in other than people were like, hey, this is cool. You should check this out. And I – and even – in the back of the edition I have, I got the colorized evil editions, which have the evil ex-boyfriends on the front, uh, which it also we could probably later on talk about the experience of reading this in color versus black and white, which it was originally. Um, but it's it's such a weird experience getting into it. And you. Can, I remember that moment when she starts talking about the subspace highways where I was like, wait, what? What what, what yeah. is happening here? Uh, where it just it turns your brain around, and I think there's a function there of having this big play where it's not the recognizable thing, which is like later on when he's fighting uh, Matthew Patel, I think is the name of the ex boyfriend. Yep. Uh, when he's fighting yep. Matthew Patel, and that's very Street Fighter, and dropping the coins is very video game, whatever video game, Sonic, River City Ransom, etc. <laughs> Uh, But that big play sort of like is this shot across the bow that this is not going to be the book you think it is.
2: Yeah. And truly, the genius of this series um, is the fighting of the exes, I think, to take that's where it's like taking this. A lot of the smaller bits are like putting video game uh, elements on top of regular life. But the idea of elevating, like, meeting the X into a video game battle, I think, is so smart and what really makes makes this shine.
0: Yeah. Pete, were there any moments in particular that jumped out to you on this read of the book?
2: Yeah, Pete, you have a precious um, little life.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I just think that, like, what for me, what's great about this is, like not only is the storytelling great but the like just the pacing and the cut twos like i love the looks like the when something happens and then they cut away to the people glaring and the looking around like just the the, the just the thought about the reader and the storytelling, the pace, I just think it's it's really kind of mind blowing when I revisited it, even though they kind of like I've read it before, but it just kind of took me as like, oh, wow, that's right. Um And I also, it's one of those things where like sometimes when people make a movie from a comic book, it's like, oh, I want them to do something different. I want them to do the exact same thing. I feel like they did such a great job of like making little changes, but kind of really keeping the heart and everything that was important to it, you know?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's kind of to your point and kind of to your point as well, Justin, uh, sort of what both of you were saying about the characters. Uh, I love the amount of work that was put in here right at the beginning Where there's just casual things that show up And again in the edition that I have There's a lot of back matter where he talks about Developing the characters And how people like
3: yeah. the, Can the, you stop bragging about How your edition is better than ours Listen man I had money to buy a book I don't want to brag about it too much <laughs> But uh, wow.
2: I do. Mr. Library <laughs> I do. over yes. here yeah. That, bragging about buying a book? God, I've never heard anyone be so cocky. <laughs> this guy bought a book. I mean, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. But, well, he talks about how, like, there are things clearly, like Kim Pine is in there, but she's just a very ma- minor character of this book. But there's enough details about her character that you know. Uh, she is important and she does in fact become very important later on. On the other hand, you have somebody (sighs) like Stephen Stills who shows up where the reason I brought up the back matter is like he says, I could not figure out his hair and kept changing it every volume. So there's sort of this sense of like the sense that I think comes through in the tone of the book that he knows exactly what's going on and it's very calculated in terms of the plot, but in the same way, he's allowing himself a level of improvisation when he goes through it to change the story as it goes.
2: Yeah. Uh, agree, I agree. Like he, it feels like these characters spun around in his head so much and they feel so real. I feel like I know a guy like Stephen Stills, like Kim Pine. You just, Get her right away And you're like Oh does she have a thing For Scott still And that's why she's so Sharp with him uh, They used to date Of course Like all those details Are just so great The name itself Kim Pine Is just like So good
0: Yeah All the names Young Neil
2: Young Young Neil being a flip Of Neil Young Yes yeah. like, Great
0: I love Young Neil uh, Young Neil is one of yeah. my Favorite characters Particularly like He gets so many comedy bits And uh, you were yeah. saying This earlier Pete But there's a thing Where Uh, I think it's Knives Chow gets called Sex Bob-Bob's biggest fan, and young Neil, there's just a pause, and then he runs out sobbing for the room, and it's so (laughs) funny. So good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that really struck me—this was a moment that my wife and I actually used to say to each other all the time—that was one of my always bragging about having a wife. Oh, Jesus, okay. I don't want to say that she paid for my book, but maybe she did.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing, so there's, that's she—a she, bunch of rings—shut out of her, and you cash those in for the book money, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just happy to get the insight into your marriage here. This is great. Uh, yes. Thank you for putting the question mark at the end of the word marriage. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> You're the uh, one that keeps talking about marriage? multiple rings.
0: <laughs> uh, what I was going to say, though, is uh, so after Scott discovers that Ramona is real and not just his literal dream girl, he tracks her down to a party that's happening. And he goes around the party trying to find Ramona and he goes up to somebody and he's like, hey, do you know this girl who has like, uh, she's this girl, she's this really interesting girl. And he describes her as has this hair that looks like this, And takes his fingers and puts them down on his sideburns So they're pointing down to Ape Ramota Flower's hair. And that is such a specific detail in the way that Brian draws uh, Scott in that moment is so funny that jumped out yeah. to me the first time. It, it stuck with me since, and I still enjoyed it right now.
2: I thought that he meant payas. I thought he was looking for an uh, like an old They're Orthodox. Like a Rebbe? Yeah. Yeah. Is, I, I guess we'll never know what he was after. Made.
0: There's an argument to be made <laughs> yeah. that this is a loose adaptation of Fiddler on a Roof. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm
2: saying. Yeah. I've been uh, trying to convince people of that for so long.
0: Yeah. Uh, what else jumped out to you? Other moments? Anything in particular, Pete? Anything you want to chat about from the book? No, I just <laughs> or think do you that want to like, just keep
3: looking down and reading it. What are, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm flipping through it. It's hard to stop. It's just one of those things. Busted. Oh, I'm sorry. Are You're Busted? Are we doing a podcast right now? Or should I be looking at you? Is it? More than audio, are you upset at me that visually I'm not giving you the eye contact that you well, need? Well, I think
0: if you're looking down and away from the microphone, you're not necessarily pleasing the audio podcast either. Oh, okay. Eyes are
3: the window to
2: the soul, Pete. And while we know that you are soulless, it's still nice to see that emptiness.
0: Mm-hmm. And the the mouth is the window to the voice. <laughs> Well, so Pete, uh, moments. Uh, I'm sure everybody really appreciated this angry uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, (laughs) Moments that you liked in the book. Was there anything else you wanted to call out?
3: Uh, Yeah, I just every single fight scene is just fantastic. Uh, The way it just kind of seamlessly rolls into action, like it happens all the time, even though Scott Pilgrim looks like somebody who's never fought in his life. I just think that it's just the way it's handled is just kind of fun, you know?
2: Uh, Another cool thing, just on the artistic side, um, the all the architecture of the of everything really is so well done, well chosen. And it feels like hyper specific as opposed to being just like a random apartment. It's this sort of bunkery looking place where Scott and Wallace live. Uh, Very cool. Very meticulous.
0: Well, he talks about that a bit in the back matter for the edition that I have.
3: Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: And he did actually base this on real places, including uh, the apartment that Scott shares with Wallace, I think, was an amalgamation of a couple of places that he lived. Uh, The house that Scott takes knives to was a real house in Toronto. Uh, And he talks a little bit about how he wanted it to feel like it actually took place in a place, you know, which I think... That is another thing you have. We haven't really talked about this, but like even in this first volume, there are very real deep emotions that you feel, particularly between Scott and Ramona, hopefully, because you are feeling this love, this hope that's growing out of them, but also between him and Knives because you feel a pang for her. This is her first love, probably, at 17, and he's being such a dick to her already. Um, So you have all this emotion, and it plays off of like, the fantastical nature of fight my seven evil ex-boyfriends in the same way that having this stuff, having Scott be a weirdo dork who is bumping around town plays against the realism of the places in the same way.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Do we want to talk about the movie at all a little bit? Yeah. You were saying that you had some
0: thoughts revisiting it, Justin.
2: Um, well, it's uh, God, it's such a good movie. Um, and when yes. this came out, I mean, we the were all so excited. Unbelievable! Like and the music's so good. The fact that they were able to Edgar Wright was <laughs> able to convert the book very seamlessly, but also elevate it um, with like especially those opening sequences when the band's playing, and you see this and camera just like moving away. Unbe- the
3: cast is perfectly. They're everyone's perfect. so perfectly cast. Kit, Chris Evans's best role of all time is in this movie. Really.
2: Uh, Yeah. That's a crazy statement. I mean, he's barely in it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I think he's a major part of it.
0: What about Brie Larson? Captain Marvel and Captain America are in the
3: movie. Yeah, I know. Pretty crazy, right? So wait, she kills it as the singer.
0: Justin, when you said you had some thoughts about the movie, that to me framed it as like, I have recontextualized this in the intervening time, and there's things that haven't aged as well. But so far, it sounds like you just loved it.
2: No, I do have. I was getting to that. Okay. Um, so the the movie was um, sort of a not a a big win it, uh, when it came out initially. I feel like it's become a little bit of like a popular culty movie that people are like, that movie's legit good. Yep. And I in rewatching the movie, I think I the the point that feels where it fully is like, oh, this is where people like disengaged and went too far is the musical number. Um, in the Matthew Patel fight, which is in this volume, um, mm. and it was funny re- rereading the the book. It's not necessarily a musical number, and uh, so I was su- I was surprised it's such a harsh turn in the movie. And I think that's where, like I said, that's where people disengaged. But in the book, it didn't have to be that way. Does that make sense?
0: I mean, I think it is a musical number. Like they're rhyming and they're singing and they're having this Street Fighter esque fight towards the end of the book. Where it's revealed that Scott is the best fighter in Toronto, which is another crazy detail that's just thrown out very casually towards the end. Um, but they are singing and rhyming specifically because Scott breaks the rhyme scheme, and Matthew Patel calls him out about it. He's like, dude. What are you doing? That doesn't uh, that doesn't work for the song we're doing at all. And Scott's like, "Whatever, I want to say it," and then punches him a bunch more times and gets a combo. But how I I haven't watched the movie in a while. I, I've read the book more recently. Oh wow! Is it how it's good? How does it play out there? Like full on musical number?
2: Yeah, it's uh, you get a a bunch of you get the it's the lyrics that are in the in the book um, yep. and all these like demon women appear next to him. And Hipster he, chicks. Ma- Hipster chicks. Matthew Patel is singing. Um, and it just, uh, I feel like that's, I could just see people who are like, oh, cool, fight movie, and then it's a musical number, and I, it feels like that's where people just sort of pull back. Um, and, yeah, I know they are singing in the book, but it feels like part of a larger vibe of the the, the music contest that's going on there. Um, so I, I don't think they had to jump the genre in the movie the way they did, because in the book, it's definitely not disturbing when they go to this to the sort of dance fight. And in the movie, I think it is.
3: Mm, also, a uh, really great line in the uh, movie, uh, I'm not bi-curious, I'm bi-furious. Um, and there's just a... What I like is, like, each of the exes have, like, their own kind of separate deal. And, like, it's also this period of time in Ramona's life. So it's kind of like a fun reveal about, like, different phases that she was going through. And especially, like, the part where she was like, he punched a hole in the moon for me. Like, uh, yeah, of course I uh, dated him. You know, he punched a hole in the moon. Um I, I, Yeah, I just think it's... Uh, the movie is just, uh, it's a really an accomplishment of creativity and fun and just like amazing, uh, seamless madness. I mean, all the different things that are, there is music, there is like the base battle is unbelievable, the fight sequences, the humor, the romance. Uh, there's so much tackled in this movie. I mean, they make fun of the movie In the middle of the movie, it's really just like the part where they're like walking by and he was like, yeah, the comic was better than the movie. It was just it's so great.
0: One thing that I had completely forgotten about until we were going to tape the show is that the final volume of Scott Pilgrim didn't come out until after the movie came out. Uh, And the ending, of course, is different. Um, I think... I don't know. I prefer the comic book ending, and I just prefer the comic book overall because it gives it more room. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I think... Uh, I I agree with you. The comic is definitely... The extra air, like Pete was talking about, with the the facial expressions and everything in this book, is it's the space serves it so well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the book, I think it's better.
0: Uh, I did want to give... I mentioned this earlier, but uh, so... This time I was reading the colorized edition, which I hadn't read the last time. I read the black and white version. Uh, And it's great. Like, the color is actually really good, but it actually makes it a very different reading experience. And in particular, it really struck me the, I guess you'd call it first date between Renovina Flowers and Scott Pilgrim when they're taking a walk outside and it slowly becomes snowy as it's going. Uh, In black and white, that's very stark because you're going from... Black to white And the snow eventually Fills up the entire page Before you have this Beautiful double page spread Of them jumping through the door Into the subspace highway Uh, With color It's really fascinating too Because In a different way Because like it pulls the color Out of it very slowly Because you have these Jabs of white That are happening on the pages As you're going through Until they become bigger Round circles of snow Until the entire page Is subsumed by it Um, So I don't know. I guess I bring this up mostly. If you've read Scott Pilgrim before and are looking for a different experience, uh, pick up the colorized versions. I think they were uh, put out in 2012 because it just feels like a different book and not necessarily in a bad way. Um, normally I'd be kind of like, just read the black and white version. Don't worry about it. Um, but it's nice to read it this way too. They did a really good job.
2: Yeah, I agree. I like the color, the colorized versions a lot. Um, one other thing that I thought was interesting to mention is she works, uh, Ramona Flowers, when he meets her, she's delivering for Amazon. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was so funny. What a time capsule moment because I think she's the only delivery person in Toronto.
0: Yeah, she's the only delivery person in Toronto and uh, Scott, I mean, Scott's supposed to be dumb and not know what to do on the internet anyway, but he's like, how do I search for this? What's the website? What's going on? Yeah. Um which is great and hilarious, the whole thing,
3: yeah, yeah, i mean i'm I love black and white comics too, uh but yeah, I mean it's one of those things where the uh, the with the color versus the black and white, it really just makes certain things pop, um I think though that sometimes when you have a black and white, it can be a feel a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more powerful, um but if you do something like with a um Kind of like spirit the way or you know, uh Sin City where the color is telling a story as well. It can really move a a, a story forward. I would love to see a colorized Sin City, just like really
0: throw a couple of splashes of <laughs> reds and yeah. blues and stuff. That would be fun. Uh the colors, by the way, were done by Nathan Fairbairn. I think that's how you pronounce the name. Probably not though.
2: I think I think that's correct. Yeah, there yeah. you
0: go. Uh, but he did a real good job. Uh, so definitely pick those up. Any before we start to wrap up here? Any final thoughts about Scott Pilgrim
3: Volume One? Pete, very funny. Uh, it's worth checking out. It's a uh, you know a lot of times people are like, oh, this comic is hilarious or whatever, and sometimes comedy is very hard in comics. Uh, But uh, O'Malley does it really well in such a kind of heartfelt way that uh, you really kind of uh, side with the characters right off the bat. Yeah, Justin, how about you?
2: I'm going to give the next volume a (laughs) quarrel.
0: I will say I read this and immediately was like... Well, I should probably read the rest of them. <laughs> They're
2: all. I I I think I am going to. It is uh, especially this the the colorized version is so great um, uh, to reread that specifically. I'm I'm exci- I think I'm going to dive in. Yeah,
0: I held off only because we were only t- taping the first volume. But it's so smart and it's so funny and it holds up so well. So for whatever reason, you've seen the movie and you haven't read the book or you haven't read the book in a while, definitely. Check out Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Couple of things about Before
0: we go, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show to the internet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. Those have been a ton of fun. This podcast, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. iTunes in particular, leave us a comment. We appreciate those quite a bit. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. And we'll see you next time.